Hi, I'm Christopher Priest. I'm the writer of Deathstroke for DC Comics, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> Free and clear, buddy. I like it, right? I had a little bit of... I felt a little loose because I don't have to worry about anybody stepping on me tonight. No tiny toes. There were lots of tiny toes last weekend. But we'll get about that later. Maybe. Maybe we will. If, if not, they're just going to have to wait a week. I think so. And it, it, it pains me, but it, it just... And... It has to be. There's oh, no other yeah, recourse. We all, we all have to be there. Um, there's, there's, there's absolutely no, no two ways about it. So yes, I mean circumstances. Uh, unfortunately, you know, it's, it's one of those weeks. But um, any thoughts to something I said the other day on the Slack regarding next year? <laughs> Wait, I don't, I don't remember. Well, oh, the music's going to play over this. Yeah, I don't remember. I'll go looking for no, it. No, that uh, I really think we need to schedule some interviews for next year. Okay. Because cool. if you got people running around with like video cameras and interviewing people. Yeah, like, no, I, I remember I that. I don't want to risk yeah. us losing it because someone else just is better at interviewing or actually makes interviews. Nobody's better at interviewing. No, they, they really are. aren't, but they have to be on the show for that. And I'd rather just schedule something so this way, you know, and we can what? just say hi. What if we had a camera during the legendary meetup between you and one of your all-time faves. Oh, See what I'm saying? That would have been. Yeah. And in this newfangled Internet's technology era, it doesn't have to be pristine 4K video. Nobody cares if we can see every pore. No, nobody, nobody needs to see me in glorious 4K. Right. I want to see you in 5K. Mm-hmm. How about that? One more. <laughs> Did you get it? Uh-huh. And you're getting it. At home, in the comfort of your little ears, it's bullpen bolt. Oh, I'm sorry. Episode 34, 35? I don't remember. Episode 400. And I am Vince B. You are Vince B. And I, um, I missed you already, man. I missed you. I missed you two minutes after everybody's left on Sunday anyway, but I am David A. Price. Okay, I'm glad you said that because it gives me a chance to speak. I got to flesh that out a little bit. Among everyone at the con, I get grief from you and only you, but it's not overt grief. It's this subtle kind of, yeah, go ahead. You can go, but <laughs> it's that. And it, it makes me feel terrible when I leave. Why? Did, no, you had to. Don't make it feel terrible. I mean, you, do, you do it all the time. You're like, yeah, I see you. Give me a hug. And you're just like, all right. You I, do the, I, I do the Bruce Banner walking down the highway song. <laughs> I think you can pull that off. I just look over my shoulder all like, whatever. What the... Jason's not here Jason's yet. Not here, yes. He may be here. His, uh, he's got little circumstances running over time. So, uh, he may be here. And if he does appear, wow, I'm rapping. We are going to go. Very deep into our New York City Comic Con 2016 recap. But if he doesn't appear, it's just going to be David and myself. That's why I said bulletins. And we're just going to talk comics. So I think it's a win for you guys at home anyway. You slice it. Home slice it. Yeah, I think um, 
I mean, because of the con recap, I haven't read a whole lot. I mean, there's the stuff we read last week. Um, I did check my order. And this mm-hmm. is going to be a good, nice segue for you. Uh, and no, I did not have the previews ordered for my box this month. So silly it's, me. It's, it's an easy thing to miss on the order form because it's in its own little category. It but it's right there underneath, you know, what it's, you got the pre-order comics and then in the next column, you have previews catalog. So it, it's something, and because I always have two tabs open, I have my previous last two orders because some books, you know, may, may skip a month. Like if, if I hate Fairyland is in, is between arcs or, um, Dark Knight 3 is off for a year. You know, did some, some books don't come out every month. So you need to have the two tabs open. Make sure you don't miss anything. And, um, that's a good way to do it. I think I shall do that as well. I, Cause when I'm ordering issues, uh, non-regular issues, like the DC stuff, I know what I'm ordering. Right. I get them all, all at the same time, but there are some books is like, did I get that first issue or not? Right. You know, so, um, so I usually always see what I had pre-ordered the previous month. And for whatever reason, I just, I completely missed the diamond section, did not order the preview. So I am glad you brought yours this past weekend and I was able to flip hey. through it. So, I mean, yes, we can talk about some of the things in previews, but we can definitely uh talk comics. But where can they get comics and even previews? Oh, I see. I was going to set it up a different oh, way. Then go ahead. You don't have to miss out on hugging one of your favorite ladies at New York Comic Con to get cheap comic books. Everybody gets cheap cheap comic books at Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com. You will get your books dirt cheap, such as, get this, from Fanagraphics, a hardcover showcasing the life and legend of Wallace Wood. This is a $39.99 cover price. You can get this book for 50% off. That's a big deal with Fanagraphics. Usually the Fanagraphics discounts never go below 35% off. Mm. It's rare when they do. And this is one of those times. Uh, contributions to this book by Bill Gaines, Grant Geisman, Larry Hama, Paul Kirshner, Trina Robbins, John Severin, Tom Sutton, Al Williamson, and more. Why wouldn't you get this? There's no reason. And another uh, fancy schmancy hardcover, this time from PS Art Books. It's called Pre-Code Classics, Space Busters, Space Patrol. Uh, and kind of hefty cover price on this, $59.99. But if you are one of the elite DCBS subscribers, you can get this bad boy delivered to your home for a lousy $35.99. If you bought these original issues, they would cost you much more than that. That's how I like to justify it. Right? Mm-hmm. Last but, oh my God, not least, from Dark Horse, Richard Corbin writing and drawing Shadows on the Grave. It's a mini series. I don't know how many issues. I'm guessing six, maybe five. I don't know. Uh, Dark Horse, Richard Corbin, Match Made in Hell. You can get this thing for a dollar ninety nine. That's fifty percent off the cover price. DCBService.com does not mind late orders or order additions in. You get your books delivered right to your very door, all safe and secure. And the guy even smiles when he hands them to you because that's in his contract. If he sees a DCBS on the box, he's got to smile when he hands it to you because you will smile too when you open it up. DCBService.com, go, go, do it. All right. I'm going to let you down this week. You know, yeah. well, no, I don't think you will. I don't think you will, <laughs> and I will, I will tell you why. 
after you let me down. Um, I am drinking water this week because I have not yet uh, recovered my taste for alcohol after Saturday night. Okay. No, I can Saturday night. Yes, but I, um, I can definitely understand that Saturday night. We're not going to explain. We're not going to talk about Saturday night. However, um, well, we can. No, when we do, well, when we do. Then we kind of okay. recap. Yeah, because we do kind of go blow by blow. We st- um, no, because you, you, you know what? You earned a week off, not because of Saturday night, but because of Thursday night and a little bit Friday night. When you had that Hudson four grain. Yes. And you had some scotch, but you really enjoyed the four grain. I did. I like that the best. Um, well, I guess you get what you pay for. It's, it ain't cheap, but it's, oh. it is worth the money. And you definitely, and it's one of those things where, and I don't want to put my, it, I don't want to go into the whole spiel that the tour guide did, but there's a difference. There's a reason why, you know, some alcohol is considered top shelf because of how it's made and, and what's in it or not in it rather. And, and, you know, for the same reason why you can get a $12 gallon of vodka, whereas, you know, 750 milliliters of vodka is going to cost you 40 bucks. And it's, it's just, it's because of, of how it's made and you can, and it wasn't until I went on tour where they make the Hudson whiskey that, um, it really hammered that point home. And, and it, it is one of the few spirits that, um, I can honestly taste where the money goes. Um, I've had some cheap rotgut whiskey. I've had, things that are like moonshine and and there's a reason why you know they the phrase blind drunk was a thing you know they're there but this yeah i'm 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 really glad you enjoyed it as much as you did yeah it was very good i and i mm, what are you drinking um well i i have a bottle of water right here next to me um once i finish Mm -hmm. off the last few gulps of this redwood creek cabernet sauvignon oh that's a good thing. You know what else is a good thing? What else is a good thing? Today's Daniel White's birthday. It is. Happy birthday, Yes. Daniel. Happy birthday, Daniel. Sexy birthday. And can, can I tell them one of the things that was the highlight of my con that really doesn't relate to all three of us? Just you and my, you and me? Okay. Alright, so I get to Jason's house Wednesday night. Yes. Fairly late. Because, uh, later than I wanted to, because I had to teach yeah, Wednesday right. night. So, um, David said, Hey, I got something for you. I'm like, what? So he hands me this big bag. I forgot all about this. I honestly forgot all about this. He hands me this big bag and he's like, yeah, I I saw these and, you know, I know we were not doing the Christmas thing on the regular. We didn't do it last. Okay. Right. right. The whole, the bag. uh, Yes. There was last year when I was in, um, when Renee and I went down to North Carolina, we went into like some thrift shop, secondhand type store and, and they had a few things on display that I liked. They even had like, like not Franklin mint, but like Star Trek collector plates, which I left there. I did not leave with them. Um, 
but there were a couple things I left with and, and because I saw them and I'm like, this is going to be awesome for Christmas and I just got to worry about Jason and I have time for that because it's probably going to be a page of art or something, but at least now I have Vince taken care of. And then of course, uh, we decide to not gift each other, not shower the three of us with gifts. Right, but I, I got him anyway. You did because I wasn't going to hold on. That's how, I, that's how I roll. So, um, Dap story short, he saw him, he got him for me. And they are, uh, two McFarlane figures and one of the, um, Claiborne Moore, uh, Top Cow figures. And that is the gold. There's two gold figures, two gold variants in this thing. He got me the gold variant Witchblade. Yay. Never had that. He got me the gold Overt Kill. Again, never had that. Heavy as a mug. With launching head and a parking meter weapon, as if Overt Kill needed a parking meter weapon, but, and, um, a red Angela from McFarlane. That's my buddy. See, he's always thinking of me. I am. Yeah. I f- and the, I red, which was gold. Yeah, she's gold. Well, there's a, like I said, there's a regular version where it's the, the silver, right. um, and this one is gold. Right. So, um, I think there's one book. So thank you. What else was in the bag, though? I forget. What else was in the bag? A Nate Stockman original. Oh, yeah, that was long removed from the bag. Yes, that's that's flat. It (laughs) is flat, yes. It's longer in the box. Yeah, it's a Nate Stockman original. Commandy in the midst of a battle with one of the bats from a tracking site. And it's awesome. awesome. I like it. So clean. I love it. I just have to start framing this stuff because I, I have about a two foot stack of original art that we've, we've amassed over the years. Yeah. And I, I just haven't framed any of it. That's wrong. Jason would say, what? Yes, I know. Right. I know. Okay. Well, I really want to talk about a comic book that was released yesterday. yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. I read, it's, it's a book divided into two sections. And I had read the forward section and not the background. Not the backup story? Not the backup story. Uh, and, and David said, hey, you want to talk about that? And I'm like, sure. He's like, did you read the second half? I'm like, no, I didn't get that yet. He's like, what? No, That's the part I want to talk yes, about. Yeah. Because the first part, you know, Mario and I were texting about it real quickly this afternoon because um, he finally read it. And, and he and I both agree that um, Jimmy C knows how to draw a mean short person. Yes, and is very, very yes, attractive. Yes. Well, the book we are talking about is um, Dead No More, The Clone Conspiracy, number one. Of five. Of five. Written by Dan Slott, penciled by Jim Chung, John Dell, inked Chung's work. Justin Ponsor was a color artist on that. And then there is a backup story, which, was, which, which we will get to. Yes. And, and, but, and, uh, Gabriel Delato back on covers. I haven't seen his covers in, in quite some time. Thank you. Um, uh, the Alex Ross for not. Yes. Contrib- I, I, I honestly do, do appreciate that. Right. I, I like Alex Ross's work, but I like it most of the time. Yeah, he does not have a knack for the spider. That's true. Yeah. yeah. All right. This this first story, 
part one. Oh, wait. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I know we discussed it real briefly over the weekend because you you went back, picked up the 19 yeah. issues. Did you read them before this? No. Okay. But, I mean, you get caught up pretty easily. Right. Exactly. And it starts off with the, the spoilers if you haven't read this book. But this is, this is the... Or you're not uh, current on Amazing Spider-Man. The event that instigates this story is the death of Jay Jameson. And I just got to say, can a golden girl live? <laughs> she can. People she's in no, love, no, but she no, can't. No. They can't. Well, seriously, why does tragedy... I mean, all right, they're elderly. Both of them were, were up there in age. One of them would have died um, eventually. We know May's not going to die because she's a fictional construct that's very important to the Spider-Man mythology. She's not going anywhere. May will live forever. As long as Spider-Man... As long as Peter's in the spider costume, May will be there in some form. Right? Yes. They'll never kill off. They tried it once, twice. They'll, it's not going to stick. It will never stick. Right? So why can't May be happy? Why, why does the death of Jay, why kill this character off? It could have been anybody, right, that instigated this thing? It could have been John. It could have been John Jameson. Yeah, who who likes Manwolf? <laughs> Whatever. He's he's just a, a a Jack Russell analog anyway. That went to the moon, right? Whatever. But I just want to see May happy, and I don't think they should have done this. But that's that's you know it, it's it's a nit that I'm picking. Jay wasn't really a great character anyway. He was a good character. Right. I don't think I don't think he was all that spectacular. He's been around for I mean he's been around for a while now. It's it's not. Uh... But the thing is, he made May happy. Yes, absolutely. And that's why I liked him. So, um, I can't front on the art. It's, it's spectacular. But it's Jim Chung, so that's kind of redundant to say Jim Chung is spectacular on the art. We knew it was going to be so. Mm-hmm. And, and it is. It's just a great looking initial chapter in this. He draws a mean rhino. Um, when did Electro get boobs? You will find out in issue 17 or 18 of Amazing Spider-Man. I'm kind of digging it. Uh, apparently, I'm, I'm thinking this is back from the Superior days. Max Dillon was macking out with, uh, basically she's a groupie. She enjoys hanging out with, um, getting down and dirty with supervillains. That's, that, that, that's her thing. Um, and she was making out with Max one night, and he basically fried her. And and I because he wasn't in control of his power, so uh, kills her, which is why he was. Peter Parker kind of had to rein in his his powers, and and he was kind of depowered, but um, the Jackal was going to reignite his powers uh and in doing that to 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 entice max into working for him or working with him he brought back this young lady who max mm-hmm. had killed so um he was basically just trying to make amends at this point max is like listen you know i'm really sorry i i i you know i'll, I'll do whatever you want um so she ends up killing Electro because when she died 
and the the DNA that the jackal uses to reanimate or or, or clone you, um, there must have been a spark from Max left in the DNA. So that was now part of her genetic makeup, and now she is the new Electro. Okay. And you think Otto would have shed a few pounds being all incorporated? I guess maybe it depends and, on where the jackal picked up this DNA. Cool. I'm guessing. There's that. To, there's that to th- right, right. But all in all, the initial uh, chapter, it was good. I enjoyed it. It's, it's the, yeah, the, it's, it's a neat setup. It's it's a nice setup. Art aside, I think the story's kind of mediocre. And I think it, I I agree with you. I think there could have been more to flesh out the first story. I don't. Right. I, I'm not. I'm not a fan of this. Here's here's a 22-page book, and we're going to make 12 of those pages, 13 of those pages, the main story, and and a backup story. And and it's okay. Well, you know why, no, right? I, well, why? Because Chung is slow. Uh, which is – I mean, there was refuses- enough – first of all, this was – this is part of uh, – they, they were – they were leading up to this with the free comic book day this year. So So – Jimmy had plenty of lead time. Right, but when you're making all that mad chatter, <laughs> you know. I do know, uh, uh, cause I make all that mad chatter. But the, 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 um, but yeah, so we, you, you, I agree with you. This, the front, the front end could have been a lot stronger, could have been tighter, could have, uh, I mean, we got a neat little double page spread with, with Peter and Anna Marie walking through. The cemetery I and, and, and I think she, yeah, that's she, true. And and she's she is kind of like because it was funny when uh, when Peter was talking to uh, his employee's wife and and he's about to make a promise that he really shouldn't be making. She says, "Yeah, we got it." Oh well, that happened. And it's just like and she is. It's I think Slot has a real good handle on Anna Maria, which is which is fine. Um, but she's not who the book is about. She's not the main character and she's not the only character in the book. Right. Um, but yeah, so you end the first page, you end the first story with a pretty, um, with, with a back to back, holy crap moments for Spidey because you have the return of one character followed by the return of another one who we haven't seen, um, this way right. in some time. And then you turn the page and there is a, Really spiffy looking story because it's pencil. It is. It, wait, can I read the credits? Oh, by all means. Because I want to put my my own personal spin okay. on it. Okay. Th- this uh, story is called The Night I Died by Dan Slott, Ron Friends, John Dell, Edgar Delgado, and uh, Joe Caramanja did the uh, lettering. And then it is um, subtitled, or there's a little bit of a, an addendum to it, uh, a big fuck you to Jerry Conway, Gil Kane, John Romita, and Tony Martellata. Oh, yeah, there really is. There really, this, this story, this story started off, I mean, I should have seen it right with the title. It's the night I died. Well, who the hell died? Well, we know who dies because, so we, we, we know who is telling this story. Um, 
which is fine, all well and good, you know, because you, you remember this happening or you remember the scenes leading up to what happened. Uh, it's just that everything that you remember from, what year was it? Was it like 71? 74. Um, that, I don't, don't hold me to that, but I'm, I'm thinking 74. Uh, the death of Justasius is right above me, but the, um, you all know the scene. You all know everything that happened. There is Vince and I were of the same mind. There's one true love in Peter Parker's life. No two ways about it. Yep. They should have, they were meant to be together. They should have been together. It is the, I, I think, I mean, obviously Uncle Ben's death is what kicked it all off for Peter. Um, I think I got a good way to put it. Go ahead. Uncle Beth, Uncle Ben's death defined Spider-Man. Gwen's death defined Peter Parker. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, the, uh, so we all know the story. Green Goblin snatches up Gwen, brings her to the top of the bridge, fights Spider-Man. Gwen is knocked off the ledge, the top of the bridge. Spider-Man tries to rescue her by flipping a web to her ankle. Force of that snaps the neck and Gwen Stacy is dead. All we know from that story, all we've ever read was the conversation between the Green Goblin, who knew at this point that Spider-Man and Peter Parker were the same person, and Spider-Man, who of course is trying to talk sense to an insane person while trying to protect the woman he loves. That was fine for so many years. I was, I don't want to say happy, but that was the world I lived in. That was how everything happened. And after today, I am still going to go on thinking that that is what happened because what I read in this backup story, I'm not going to go all with the hyperbole and say it made me sick to my stomach. And, and I, I, you just, you just did though. You did. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to, I'm, I'm not going to put that stamp on it. I'm not, it's, it's right. not that severe. I did text Mario and say this is bullshit. Um, I, I don't, you know what? I know I, for a lot of so, readers, y'all don't either don't know Gwen Stacy or you're just, you grew up with either Mary Jane being in his life or him being married to Mary Jane. You, you never read a story with Gwen Stacy from when it was happening. You didn't care, which is, Fine, because there's a lot of shit that happened before you were born. The majority of this, the uh, Peter Parker legend happens after Gwen dies. Yes. Gwen, you know, that was just, that's not even um, a fifth of it. Yeah, because it was what, right. like issue 124? 120, yeah, around there. Um, and so there was a lot to come in Peter Parker's yes. life. But... Some retcons make sense. John Burns, retcon of Superman. The majority of what he did 
made sense. Absolutely. Um, this, there could be many reasons why Slot's doing this. Um, one, the revelation could play into later chapters of this story. Sure. In which case he's just a self-serving dick. Right? I don't see this. All right, well, let's just tell the folks at home what happened. Um, while the goblin is talking to Parker, or to Spider-Man on the bridge, he mentions Mr. Parker. And while, and so, yes, and when that happens, um, Gwen Stacy is coming too. And in, in, in the original story, we assume that she's still knocked out because Peter's like, is she dead? Did you kill her already? You know, so we, she never really reacts um while they're fighting on the bridge but now in this story in this retelling we're being told or being shown that Gwen is conscious she is aware of what's going on and she hears the conversation between Green Goblin and Spider-Man and like Vince said when Green Goblin says come at me bro to Peter Parker um she's trying to register all of this while she's been gassed by goblin bombs or she's on top of a bridge. She's trying to make sense of what she's hearing. And the, that's not even the worst part of it is she's like, okay, you lied to me. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a biggie with women, right? You lied to right. me. You were Spider-Man, the dude that was involved with the death of my father. So not only did you betray me, you took my dad away from me. And so Gwen goes to the great beyond thinking the man she thought she loved lied to her and helped killed her, kill her father. And it's, it's ridiculous. Now, I don't, like I said, it may be self-serving in the sense that the DNA from the, this character may be used to create another Gwen that has a serious mat on for Peter, for Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Call her Gwen Kill or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, th- there has to be a reason why Slot is giving this knowledge to Gwen. I agree. He's, he's going to use it in some fashion. Right. If he doesn't, it's even worse if he doesn't. Because that, that just stings even more because he's significantly changing the Spider-Man timeline and doing nothing with it. So, either, either option, I'm finished. I'm done. I don't need to read any more of this story. I'm, I'm done. It's hard for me to say I'm done. I mean, I don't know if I'll rush out when the second issue comes out to read it to see where, where things go. It, there's, I mean, this isn't, uh, Yes, there is a reaction here, and I don't, I have no idea what, um, because I did avoid it yesterday. I, I read it today. Um, so I don't know. Our, our, nobody really on, on our Facebook group has said anything about it. They talked about the books that they picked up this week, but, um, I only saw Mario, uh, and I'm sure Raph also has it, but I didn't look for it, but I didn't see anything on Twitter about it. I didn't see any, any of the links that I usually peruse in the morning. Nobody had picked up on, on anything, uh, like, when they you know, kill off Dick Grayson or bring someone else back from the dead, um, or, you know, turn Wonder Woman gay. Nobody is, none of that nonsense was, was filling up my timelines or my feeds. So 
I don't know if this is just something that nobody bothered to read or if nobody, maybe nobody really cares about Gwen. Right, I don't know. But the, and you know, to get back to, uh, I was looking at this as you were speaking, to get back to the, uh, the inevitable use of this, uh, wiser, uh, Gwen. She's brandishing this knife. It's gotta be significant. If you, you know, you, you put a gun in the, in the, in the first chapter, it's gotta go off by the end. So the fact that she's holding this, this stabby implement and look at the, how soulless her eyes are when she says, I'm not real, I'm a clone. Like there's something going on behind those baby blues. Yes. So I, I really think that they're, not only are they going to make Gwen Poole and Spider Gwen, there's going to be, there's going to be a, like a, a villain Gwen now. It, what other reason could there be to, to give her, to break her heart right before she died? But then again, stands to reason, why did none of the other ones carry that information? If that's how Gwen went out, the original Gwen, and she's been cloned however many times since then, why weren't any of the other ones murderous? Hmm. No, you're right. I just don't like the setup. No, I don't. I don't. And, you, and, you, and you know, I'm going to go as far as to say, I think Dan Slott's done with, with Spider-Man. I think he should move away from it, yeah. I know that, you know, I, I'm not... Anytime we're brought up, anytime it's brought up, you know, we, we mentioned how long he's been writing Spider-Man and people ask, you know, well, do, do, do you think, yes, and do you think, you know, so do you think he should, do you want a new writer? Do you think he should step down? I don't, I don't know. I, up until this point, I didn't know that I needed a new writer or for him to step down. I wanted to return to greatness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't, you always want to go on a high note because you want, you want them to wish for more work from you. You'd rather them, you'd rather go, damn, I wish we had more work from that guy instead of saying, damn, I, I wish he wasn't still writing it. And, and it's, if, if yeah. he had left with Superior Spider-Man, then we'd be like, yo, Dan Slott needs to come back. I, I want to read, I want to read right. more Dan Slott Spider-Man. But now at this point, I think maybe how many, we, we almost, I don't want to say all, but pretty much, Every, every writer who's written Amazing Spider-Man has done something with clones. And now Dan Slott is finally messing around with clones. And, and I'm sure, you know, and we don't know, you know, I, I think at this point, because the Jackal mask has stayed on, I'm pretty sure this isn't Miles Warren under the mask. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see where it's going, but Instead of being, instead of looking forward to it, maybe being excited about it, I'm, I'm not as thrilled as I was before this morning. Yeah. And do we really need, uh, Captain Stacy back? Really? Well, that was, that was the hook. That was the reason to get her to take the pill. I know, but I know, no, I, we're bringing back, it, it's, it's like, we didn't do revolving door. We didn't do this with Secret Wars, so now we're going to do it a year later. And and here's you know everybody from Peter's life back. I, I at least, and I man, I I don't know if I want to see this, but at least 
because you'll see as, as you're reading Amazing Spider-Man that Jackal does know, um, at least I'm pretty sure he knows that, uh, I, no, maybe not. Maybe he doesn't know that Peter Parker and Spider-Man are the same person, but I, it, I'm going to screw, uh, I don't, uh, I don't want Uncle Ben back. I, no, no, the, 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 that one little fleeting moment was fine, but that's over. Um, I don't really, my mind cannot grasp, grasp the concept of clones retaining memories from the thing they were cloned from. Just because, alright, you have, you have the DNA of Gwen Stacy, and you, you get a little sample of that, and you make another one. They would be, it would be akin to, a computer, the, the clone is a computer without an operating system on the hard drive. The operating system is the brains, right? right? The body is the rest, the motherboard and all that stuff. Why does the clone already have the operating system built in? It doesn't make sense. Well, it, as far as with, with Gwen's case, and, and you could say it's semantics, but he is he is purposely going out of his way to reassure her that she is not a clone, that she's a reanimation. She's, she's not grown from an old blood sample from when you were still alive. Your DNA was harvested from your remains with memories that span all the way to your death. Right. And that was a neat little panel when, when friends had her shaking when she remembered the moment of her death, but. Right. If you believe the soul exists independently from the body, when, when the body dies, we like to believe, we don't know, but we like to believe that there is that essence of the being that goes somewhere else, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I know I'm shooting myself in the foot as far as Doomsday is concerned, because why did Doomsday learn from all those deaths? Why did the clone, why did the each successive Doomsday learn how to fight better, how to avoid things better. But you know what I mean? Why would the clone have those memories? It does not make a damn bit of sense. In Doomsday's case, big monster cool, so I let it go, right? But in Gwen's sense, it doesn't it it doesn't it beggars the imagination why all this information would be passed on through the DNA. It, 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 can you help me to understand this? So there's room in DNA for memories? It it there's not. It's just DNA. It's 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 the physical. The the soul, the memories, the it, that's something totally different. That it, so if you if to get back to the soul analogy, if you believe that the soul goes somewhere else, the memories, everything that you all the memories you've retained at the point of your passing should go with the soul, right? Otherwise, who are you? You're nothing but your memories. The um, it doesn't make sense to me why a clone would know what the original organism knows. Silly. But anyway, that has nothing really to do with this story. This this is just um, tromping all over a very very disastrous moment in the in the history of Spider Man that should have been left alone. I, I, I agree. I agree. And, and, and I believe Jason read it as well. And I know that Jason, Jason's more of a Mary Jane fan and, 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 uh, doesn't get 
the love Vince and I have for Gwen. Um, so I'm curious to hear his take on it. How I, I you know it's not going to impact him the way it did us. No, no seen, he'll be he'll, giddy. He'll, he'll, he'll either be giddy. He'll he'll shrug it off and go. No, that's fine. You know, I mean, why else would you expect anything different? Or yeah, you know, he did kill her. So why wouldn't she be mad? You know, so we'll. But um, you know, then you can try to apply sense to it and and say, well, what if they did this with this character? No, 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 they wouldn't. That wouldn't make any sense. Well, okay, because you love that character, but. uh that is pretty much where I, I, you know, it's, it's weird. I, I still haven't, I have the first epic collection. I need to get the rest, but because of where I was, because uh, I was living on my own, I could not, I wasn't so heavy into getting all the comics I wanted to get way back when. So I never finished the clone saga. And I know that for some people it's not a high point in, in Spider-Man's history. For a lot of people, they dug it. They, even if it went on too long, they say, um, but it's, it's a Spider-Man story. It's a Spider-Man event. I want to enjoy a Spider-Man story. And I keep giving him the current amazing Spider-Man so many chances. And I, I just want, you know, aside from Spidey, that book, I, I, I want a Spider-Man book that, that, that I can. Yeah, I, I didn't like Spider-Stark at all. It, that, that was, that, does, that, that, that storyline was weak. It doesn't work for me. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, and, and so here's an event and it's drawn by Jimmy Chung and, and you, sh- I would love to see that. And, but, you know, so you're going to have all the Spideys, I'm sure we're going to get the Craven back. We're going to, he'll, it's just, it's, I, I I don't, I don't know. know where I'm not trying I'm, to judge the story before it even starts. Right. But this But it's it's kinda hard not to with that one little revelation. The opening salvo is really souring. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um it it's it's a conundrum, right? Because the the concept of the clone is crucial to Amazing Spider Man. Not only with Gwen but with Ben Riley, I mean, they've, they've beaten clones to death in, in Spider-Man. So you can't get too far away from the subject. You can't call foul on them bringing clones back when that's a, a one of the, the trappings of Spider-Man for decades, right. Right? right? So you let that go. But, I mean, he's he's pissing on the grave and he's just rubbing his balls in the grass. You know, it's just not right. It's, I, I don't know. It, I don't, I don't see a need for it. And I'm not gonna, uh, this is not gonna be one of those instances, well, I'll stick around and find out and see if I'm wrong. I, I'm not reading it. I did, I don't need to read it. I don't need to spend money on it. I'm done. I don't know if I'm done, but I'm... Yeah. Speaking of retcons. Uh oh. Yeah. I have a retcon. Um, Mario made fun of me. Um, Incessantly, yeah, the one for reading the, for reading this book. You did too, in a well, little bit. Get out of here! I would not. A, a little bit. Never, you did, you did a little I don't bit. Think we're talking about the same book then. Okay. Um, I gotta hand it to uh, Bill uh, Jemus. Oh, then, yeah, no, I definitely was making fun of you for this. <laughs> okay, Jemus is going full bore, all out. They they are going doing some serious 
guerrilla marketing for this double take, um, these double take books. Because as David and I were walking around on the, the, uh, the main floor of the convention, we, we passed the double take booth and they had a, um, a wheel of semi valuable prizes in which you could spin, uh, if you had a ticket and get a free graphic novel. Every spin got a free graphic novel. Ah, that's cool. So we're standing in line and the one guy looks and says, Oh, you guys are press? And of course, and he said, well, here, go down to the end of the row there and you can get all 10 graphic novels in a double take bag. No questions asked. I like the bag. And so I like to read <laughs> and, and the fact that this, um, these books seem to be hinged on Night of the Living Dead, which is one of my all time favorite movies, right? George Romero is a god to me. So I said, this is the stuff that, uh, you know, catapults out of Night of the Living Dead. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, does John Russo have anything to do with this? And the guy didn't. I'm sure he didn't know who John Russo yeah, was. he may have just been working the con. Yeah. And and he's like, oh, I don't know. But, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's really cool. One of them takes place right after right after the first movie. And, I, okay, I got to read these. <laughs> So I read Rise, Sister's Keeper. Now I don't know. I had the stack next to me, so I could. I'm gonna go get. Hold on. All right. Yeah, you go get it. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna talk to the folks at home. I I gotta say, these books are titled very strangely, because I can't discern what the exact title of the book is. Because this says Rise, on the spine. And on the cover it says Rise and it's subtitled Sister's Keeper, which does play into the story. So is, is this, uh, and, and all of the double take books seem to be happening simultaneously. Because within the narrative, there is, um, a situation that calls for, uh, a giant map of Evans County, Pennsylvania on, on Sunday, April 24th, 1966 and there is um, areas of the map that are highlighted by the series the various series that Double Take published and where they're happening in this county of Evans so uh, you have Medic Z-Men, Home, Honor Rise, Spring, Remote Soul, Dedication and slab. Okay? Uh, and I read Rise, of course. And Rise is a very serious retcon of Night of the Living Dead. And I will be totally honest, as beloved as that movie is to me, I did not nearly have as much problems with this retcon as I did with Gwen remembering... Gwen... <laughs> wait, that, that, uh. So... um it, it progresses as you would think it progressed. Uh, they're coming to get you, Barbara. Look, there's one over there. And, and, uh, Johnny has a little run in with, with Bill Hinsman, the cemetery zombie, and he hits his head just like he does in the movie. And Barbara flees to the car and Hinsman breaks the window. It's exactly like Night of the Living Dead, except on April 25th, 1966 at 2 a.m., 
Johnny wakes up. He was not killed by the bash to the head. And he begins to search for his sister. Um, we see Johnny witnesses from afar the the truck explosion scene and the and the chow down that followed. Um, he gets to the cabin and clutches on the door with his little driving glove, just like he did in the movie. And he takes Barbara away from the cabin. And that's where this story kicks in. Now, why the zombies that were surrounding Johnny when he entered the doorway didn't eat him is beyond me. I don't know why, but, I mean, maybe because he's bleeding? I don't know. But he's not dead. But he's not exactly the Johnny he was before he hit his head. And, um... Look, I'll be honest. I would not have read this if it wasn't free. If it wasn't shoved into my greedy little hands, I would not have read this. That being said, it wasn't completely terrible. It it wasn't an abomination or, you know, nobody pooped on my my uh, childhood. <laughs> but I I on one hand I cannot recommend this book because the art is it's okay. It's not fantastic. It doesn't take any stylistic leaps or chances or, or it doesn't do anything that any other comic isn't already doing. Um, the main hook for me was my love of Night of the Living Dead. So I read it. I think Rise. I don't even know where this review is going, but. Of all the books, I think Rise probably starts off and is somewhat consistent in looking the best compared to the others. The first chapter of Rise is very It good. really is. And then it's, and then the layouts start happening and and other Right, people. because the the first one is penciled by Federica Manfredi. Yes. And colors by Vladimir Popov. It was written by Bill Jemus and Michael Coast. And the script is by Michael Coast and Jeff McComsey. Kurt T did the layouts. There's a lot of hands yes. in in the pot. A lot of cooks in the in the kitchen on this thing. Um, the lettering then, is atrocious. I must agree with you on that. Although that is the thing uh, I forgive most is the lettering. That is true. You do. Um, I, which is interesting, considering your your I know, angst I love over getting the perfect lettering on on your projects. That's my stuff. Uh, and um, <laughs> and I enjoyed the little New Yorker cartoons at the beginning of every fucking book. What was that about? I don't know. <laughs> it's like I have nothing to do with the story. I just no. They just throw up. Well, you know what? Someone did a someone did a very cute drawing, and they're like, "Hey, we can use that." <laughs> yeah, d- d- cartoon by Bob Eckstein. Um, it leads the in, it's in the inside front cover. It's and this one is called Due Dil- Diligence Man, and there are a bunch of superpowered characters flanking this man in the center. Who has DD on his chest, and he's handing out uh, waivers. Yeah. I, first, I'm going to need everyone to sign these waivers. Gigantic quotation. <laughs> the quotation marks are eating the F in first. No, but I, I don't want to belittle Double Take because I really haven't read anything else. This is a five issue series for 
9.99 cover price. The production values are very good. The paper is is decent. You know, the, the the colors are, are are. I'm not saying the color art, but I mean it, it's it's printed very well. It's got a clay coat cover. It's fine. The, the covers. Um... The covers are um, lying. Thank you. The covers is, on these that's, books that's the, are flat out. Diplomatic way to put that. Thank you. Yeah, because the, the uh, if you look at all the covers for the various miniseries, the covers aren't bad. No, no, they're not bad at all. But they are not what you the kind of art you will encounter within. So if you're if you are attracted by the covers of these books, don't just grab it off the shelf and run to the cash register. Look through it first. And from what I can discern. These started out as web comics, and then they were later. Oh. I, I I think so. Either that, or they chopped them up for the double take website, and they are presenting them uh, both online and in print. But uh, and if you look at the covers for the various issues, those aren't bad either. No, they're not. You're right. Um, but there's something far more sinister going on than just people being reanimated uh, as zombies at the moment of death. There are other things. And like I said, it doesn't bother me because there are two different mediums. Night of the Living Dead will continue to exist in perpetuity in the form that I love. This is just somebody playing around in somebody else's sandbox, and that's okay. It's not changing anything, unlike the Gwen thing, which is just wrong. (laughs) <laughs> Full circle. So what else you got? Um, speaking of timely and topical and, and, uh, stories you were hoping that they would continue, um, I decided for whatever reason, um, maybe because I, I had time to kill, but, uh, I decided to check out Vertigo's new miniseries, The Lost Boys. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, um, I don't know if I'll continue it. Uh, the Lost Boys, for those who do not know, is a film from night, the summer of 1987. Uh, horror slash comedy because the Corys were in it and Keeper Sutherland is a vampire and, uh. Corys Angels in it? Uh, Corys Angels are not in it. But Jamie Gertz is. <laughs> And, and mm-hmm. Jason Patrick. And overall, it was a, um, I saw the movie multiple times. It was back when I wasn't paying attention to everything. And I, I keep forgetting that Joel Schumacher is the director. Uh, but there are no cod pieces that I can, or, or, or bat nipples, um, that I remember. But the movie itself was, entertaining uh and when i got to previews and and saw that vertigo is is coming out with a lost boys comic i was like that doesn't who's asking for this when did when when was the why are we striking this iron now i don't never underestimate fandom no no i can't and this is and i will tell you why why i decided to give this comic book a shot yes it's written by tim seeley but that's not why the reason I decided to give this a shot is because the art is by Scott Godlewski, artist of Copperhead. 
but yes. And I enjoy Copperhead a whole lot, so I figured to hell with it. I'll read a book about vampire hunters drawn by this guy. And um it takes place after the movie. I do not know if this negates the the direct to video sequels that I never saw. Um since I never saw them, I'm going to just assume that they do, but it if you remember the movie, and I probably haven't seen the movie in over a decade, so um there are a few things that I'm a little uh fuzzy on. But I definitely know who the guy who who um Corey Haim's supposed to be. This I'm sure is, you know, Jason Patrick and David's girlfriend that that uh Michael fell in love with in the movie. You know, she's it, it, the Frog Brothers are here. The Nook is here. You, you get everything you're familiar with, with with the movie. It takes place after the movie. Um, and the last page kind of, uh, sets it up for, for you to, you know, it, it, that's the cliffhanger. Uh, a lot of the, the vampire hunters and monster hunters are, um, they're, they're holding a little meeting in their clubhouse. Uh, they end up, um, building is on fire so they all run out but the vampires had uh set the fire up so this way they wouldn't have to be invited in to attack the vampire hunters they'd be able to attack everybody as they're fleeing the burning building uh and um but apparently the uh these vampires were a little um I guess smarter, uh, a little different than the vampires they're used to. They didn't, uh, because the vampire hunters were all wearing garlic. The, the creatures that attacked the hunters all went for like their ankles and their wrists, went after their legs, their arms. So they didn't, they didn't have to bother with, with the garlic. Uh, so they avoided necks. And, but like I said, if, if, if you know the movie, if, um, I know the movie. Yeah. Then, you know, I don't, if you were done, if you were fine with the movie and that was it, then no, by no means, you know, this isn't something that you don't have to be a completist about it. You can just enjoy the movie and, and leave that alone. And, and I don't know if I will. I don't, I don't know if I'm just going to leave it alone after reading the first issue. I, I like the art. So I, I would like to, to check it out. I don't know if it's a labor of love for Mr. Seeley. The man writes a lot of books and, uh, obviously a horror fan, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hack slash. Yep. It will attest to that. And yeah. So, um, I'm not a fan of, uh, the Lost Boys. Lo- no, no. Yeah, and again, because it's 1987 and, and I was a teenager when it came out and, and it's the, it was neat and, and ooh, and, and, you know, and in some cases sexy. And, but again, it, it was a thing of its era and, and I don't know if, um, Yes, I, I realize that there are Escape from New York and Big Trouble in Little China comics out there. I, I, I get the whole, and Back to the Future, you know, I, I realize that, you know, there are things, we just got them talking about a character who's been around since the sixties and, and are pissed off about something that happened 10 years after he was created. You know, they're just, I get it. And, and there are some aspects to the genre we love that, uh, we don't quite get, but, uh, they exist and people do enjoy them. But as far as 
my takeaway for the Lost Boys. I don't know if it, I think if I loved the movie, I would probably be all for this. But I, I saw it in previews, and I was just I was scratching my head. And uh, yeah, it's the art for me is is really what um, is what kept me going page after page. I mean, and that that's not a knock to Tim Seeley because he knows the characters. These characters sound like they do in the movie. So it's, it's not like he's not, he's not phoning it in. It, I, I, it, it's not anything against Tim. These aren't really original characters that he created. So, uh, but visually it was, um, it was, I enjoyed that aspect of it. So I, I'm just curious to know if anybody else did check out, the Lost Boys. I did see a post on the uh, Facebook group page about it, but if um, yeah, I just I want to know what other people think about the book. Well, since we are keeping it real, this oh, are we going to talk about a new image book? I'd like to. We can. We can. Okay. Written by Mr. Mark Millar, or Miller, depending on which way you want to say it. Penciled by the astounding, uh, Greg Capullo. Jonathan Glapian is the inker and, uh, Placencia on colors. And it is called Reborn. And I picked up the Frank Cho cover because there was only one in a giant stack. So I figure, Maybe it's one, maybe it's one of the short variants. I don't know. I picked it up anyway. Uh, story is centered around a woman named Black, an elderly woman who has a history of stroke. And, uh, she has weathered a lot in her lifetime. She has seen her husband felled by a, a sniper dead. Her father, uh, burned to death, uh, in an industrial accident. Her mother, who never got over the father's death, uh, suffered a heart attack, you know, very young in life. I think she was in her sixties. And, um, Betty is just, um, she's rudderless. She has no one, uh, and uh, as the story progresses, Betty takes another uh, stroke and dies and goes to another place in which she is, as the title would suggest, reborn in a much younger, far sexier form. Uh, and she is reunited with her husband and they seem to be warriors of some type fighting against Science and magic and dragons and fantasy type creatures. And I expected far more from this book. I did too. Um, no, she's not reunited with her, with her husband. Isn't the guy at the end her husband? That's her dad. Or her father. Okay. Because it's her dog. Right, right, right. Okay. Yes. But. The fact that Miller wrote this was not the the selling point for me. Uh, the presence of Papi Capullo sealed the deal. Uh, 
and I did not crack the cover when I bought it. I didn't. I, I didn't th- think I needed to because it's Capullo and he is a master. And while I don't think the book is visually bad, I, I, I will be totally honest. I think it's, it's mediocre. It's not up to Greg's usually very, very, very high standards. I think the first couple of pages are with the, um, the guy walking out of, uh, it's 2012 in Minneapolis walking out of Starbucks and, um, a sniper is on a roof taking out a bunch of people on the street below, um, which sets up, you get to the third page and you realize, you know, who these people are and, um, or basically the people who were getting shot, uh, end up reborn. I think like you, Capullo on, and as, as great as his Batman was on something that wasn't Batman after a spell, uh, Greg working on something that, that he owns and co-owns, however you want to say it. That's enticing that I, I'm a fan of Jonathan Glapion. I, I, um, I follow him on Facebook. He, he, we met him at Heroes. No, I'm sorry. I met him at Baltimore the first time. I didn't get to see him this year at New York, sadly. Um, I didn't really want to go near any $8,000 Batman pages, but the, uh, the, the early issues of Batman when the new 52 started, Jonathan inked Greg and, I thought they were amazing and I wasn't thrilled when Danny Meeky came on and, and started inking Greg, but the fact that they are working together on this book, um, I like them together. I, I think they, they, they complement each other well because you do see enough of Greg, uh, where it's still, it, it kind of reminds a little bit of that old, of the dude who drew Quasar and, and it, it, there's some slight, uh, not that Mickey's heavy handed, but he can be a little grittier, a little, little, um. No, this is elegant Capullo. Right. Because of, because of, um, Glapian on ink. I agree. Embellishing. Uh, but that's still not, okay. Uh, art aside, I, I'm concerned. I'm worried. Like I saw with Huck. Like I've, seen with a couple of Miller books I've tried. I'm not calling him JMS, but I'm saying that there are parts of Miller's work that start off really strong. The idea is solid and somewhere along the lines. It's not that, it's not that he can't finish it. It just, it doesn't, cause he does finish. It's just not as, it doesn't end as strong as it started. Right. I think there's two very serious errors with this initial issue. I think one, it's too short. They should have gone with the double size first issue, like Lemire, and and the 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 recent image books. The first issues of of forthcoming and and very very recent image books are extra sized to hook you. Right. This is not enough to hook me into the story. I don't I don't care about aside from the fact that. Betty's husband was shot and killed. Tragedy befalls everyone, right? right? 
Like you're no different, Betts. Okay, you've 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 had okay a, a couple hard knocks, but you know, join the human race. Every one of us will see everyone we love die, unless we go first. So I mean, okay, great. Um, and second, in the editorial, Miller apologizes. He's like, okay, you know, just, hey, stick around. There's a lot of great stuff to come. This is not everything. Wait until you see what we have planned for you. You're, why are you apologizing for what's not here? And there's a lot that's not here. Like, I don't, there, there's nothing about any of these characters that makes me want to continue. Well, we don't know anything about the other characters. We, we, That's what I'm saying. Right. Like uh, the only thing we know is about about Betty, and and she's she's average. But maybe that's the the kicker. Maybe when she there is a hint of that when she goes across into this world, she's definitely not average, because the enemy sees her as uh, the protector. And they're all like, holy crap, we gotta get out of here. So she may have powers that, you know, but show some of that, even a glint That's, of that, besides just somebody going, oh, it's her. I don't know if, well, I mean, with the title of the book, they couldn't do a flashback. They couldn't, they couldn't thrust you into this world and then you find out who all these people are because they were reborn from another life. Uh, I don't know if they could, oh, I mean, they, it's a creator owned book. They probably, they, there's more leeway there than if it was a big two, but you know, maybe they could have explained who these people are after we get some pretty good action. We got a couple of pages of action. For me, I think, I think that page with the dragon is super weak. The, now if I, if I said to you, Capullo no. drawing a dragon. Yeah, no, the, the, it, that the page is just like the exciting part of that page is just homeboy leaping into the air to take the dragon out, and that that shouldn't be mm. it when you're going up against a dragon. Oh, there 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 are a number of more inventive ways he could have done exactly. that page. I mean, hell, I, I can think about Reign of Fire with Matthew McConaughey t- lunging towards that. that but dragon. but if someone says to me Capullo drawing a dragon, I'm gonna be like, oh yes, son, he's gonna do a gigantic yeah. splash with the action. It's gonna have multiple panels and different, like like Neo do- dodging the bullets in the Matrix. You're gonna see this character flipping and chopping, and it's like, and this is, it's just bleh. And that's my main gripe against this book. It's not fantastic. It's not horrible. It's dead middle of the road. Get a lot, and of- that it, and that is the absolute worst I can say about a book. It's it's just. There are a lot of pages it's, with, it's just, okay. with, with just three or four panels. Yeah. Um, for me, I think it's, it might be the hook of it. I, I think the, what, what doesn't have me jumping up and down is, um, I, I wizards and zombies and, and axe wielders and, and I, I think it, I have no problem with an afterlife story. I have no problem with, you know, wondering where do we go and what happens and, and, you know, and, and if we're just playing pieces on, on a board, I, I, but there's just something about the premise that doesn't have me giddy with anticipation. I, yeah. I can't put my finger on it, but there's just something about the execution that I just, I'm not, I'm not seeing. I think for me, they are, the way I see it, they're really banking on this being a Miller-Capullo collaboration, and that should be all you need to want to read 
right. to buy this book, and that's not and, enough for me. Right, and is if this is the uh, the baby steps for a motion picture, you can tell who Capullo has in mind for Otherworld Betty. Starbuck. It's oh, right there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What the hell was her name? Yeah, I don't know. That's why I, yeah, that's why I said Starbuck. Um, but I go back and look at Capullo's run of Spawn. He has, is as an inventive designer as he is a great illustrator. I see none of that great Capullo design with any of these characters. That, that wizard is just a stock wizard. Yeah, no, you're right. I don't know. It's just, I, 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 I'm, I'm a little upset because I expected way, way far This is more. one of those things where you may not know where things are going, but you can, there, there are enough things to guess about. Like, is, is an alien plucking dead people out and putting them in these other bodies that, you know, are just soldiers or, or fighters? Right. I mean, they're just, you can kind of run away with, with a few different theories and that, that may, uh, lessen the impact of, of any reveal that, that they may end up coming up with. You know, I, if, if you're a Capullo fan, you're probably going to enjoy this and, and, and get a kick out of it and, and, and more power to you. I don't know if, um, and I'm a little, little bummed about old Betty because, you know, it's very hard, I guess, for Capullo to draw elderly or unattractive people. So I'm just going to put a bunch of lines on her face so you really know she's old. And yeah, yeah. old people do have yeah. wrinkles. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. I don't know. I didn't really. I it. it yeah, she is kind of craggy. <laughs> yeah, but she is smoking. Yeah, yeah. So there's that. Come on, we can meet halfway on this. So she's yeah smoking with with the <laughs> oxygen in the IV right now. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, she doesn't give a shit anymore. Why why keep fighting then? You know. So no, she's giving in. She saw everybody she loves. You know, pass before. Her. And I do care a little bit, you know, as she's going through her life and talking about, you know, and with the dog and, and, and meeting her husband, you know, that was, that was touching. I, I, sure. I, I don't really usually get that from Miller. I mean, it's the guy that gave us wanted and, and kick ass, you know, so I don't, I don't really get those heart to heart or heartwarming moments. Um, and I kind of like the effect of when Betty shows up on the reborn world with, with, with all her memories of like, cascading around her like a chandelier and then crashing down. I like the effect. I may not like all the images or the colors inside those panels, but I do like the effect. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, this is like the the third book we discussed tonight. Well, probably second that if, if Jason had read, or I, I'm pretty sure, well, Jason read clone conspiracy. I'm pretty sure he's going to read reborn. And, and I hope that, uh, either he reads them for next week or he listens to this and comes back to give his take on him next week because I am right. I I, I I I do enjoy the moments where two or all of us will agree on something we've read, but I I'd, I'd like to know if if I'm missing something or if, if I'm if I'm too oblivious to notice something that that one of you will right. bring me back to reality. Well, I am going to um, capitalize on my obliviousness and have you explain something to me because I'm sure I'm missing a lot of the finer points concerning this character. But I got to preface what we are going to talk about with the fact that in 30 years, I can guarantee you that there will be a book on the shelves called 
everything I learned from comics, I learned from Daniel Warren Johnson. Because he is going to explode. Uh, David and I and Jason, um, one of the very first things we did at uh, NYCC uh, the first day was run up to Daniel's table just to, you know, talk to him, see what he had going on. And he had, in addition to uh, Green Leader, the book he, the Star Wars themed book he had self-published, he now has done a Star Trek self-published book. It's a, it's a, it's a mini comic, bigger, it's like a half-size comic. And this is called Martok. Oh, yes. Now, and here's the part where I get all fuzzy, because I know it is your favorite Star Trek series, but the only thing I know of Martok is what I saw on Deep Space Nine, right. and I don't remember much of it. I know he's got a, a, a an intense desire to honor his his father. Am I right? Like he was shamed in some sense? No, Worf was. Okay. Worf's father was the one who they, they, they claimed to be a traitor and, um, Worf and, and his brother, um, Kern, they were, uh, shunned from, um, from the Klingon homeworld. So Worf had to carry around that shame. Martok actually, um, allowed or I don't know if you could say welcome, but once, once everything was cleared, Martok, um, welcomed Worf into his house, into his family. So Martok, the, the one-eyed giant, be, because Deep Space Nine dealt with more war than any previous Star Trek series, uh, Martok was on it quite a bit in the last few seasons because of, of everything going on. Um, being a, a very qualified and competent general. Um, but of all the characters and, and on any of the series to, uh, to do a book on a Klingon and not necessarily the most famous Klingon, but to do one on Martok, um, Daniel endeared himself to me even, even more. Um, but this, well, I'll let I'll I'll I'll, I'll let you. Why well, I, I can't go too deep into the story because I'll be honest, a lot of this stuff I I don't know what they're talking about, right? It could, it, but the thing is, this book could be completely. Uh, it could be pantomime, as far as I'm concerned. the The art is absolutely amazing. The art does it, a great job just moving the story along without. Yeah, you're right. Without any words needed. Yeah, I don't even need the story. I look, I look at Daniel's art and it's just, it speaks for itself. It, it, you know, there's a conflict here and, uh, among, um, Klingons, uh, and that's all I need. It's, it's the explodo and the battles and the line work and the, the, you know, the, the, the gray tones. It's, it's just, it makes my eyes happy to look at his artwork. But you tell me what's going on because all I see is big bada boom. Yeah, no, and that's, that's pretty much, all the story is it's it's a day in the life of, of Martok going up against the Dominion, um, leading his his troops into battle. The ship goes down. They uh spectacular fashion. Yes. Um 
if anything needed a double page spread and, and, and he killed it. Uh, but all while he is fighting, he is, um, he's, no, well, basically remembering there's, there's, he is, he's being told you're going to be a great leader and, and, uh, and you'll be a fine warrior. And, and these are all things that, that he remembers because, um, he was, he was trained from a young boy by his father and, and, and everything that he's got going through his head leading up to the, during the, the during this, this firefight and, and then on, on the ground, uh, everything he's thinking about and, and remembering is, brings him back to his father and, and, and him growing up. Right. So, uh, how did he lose his eye? I don't think we, I, I he's always, ever, I've only seen him sans eye. So I don't, I don't think we ever saw the fight uh-huh. where, where he did lose it. Um, but uh at least he didn't have a ridiculous looking riveted steel eye patch like Christopher Plummer <laughs> did in uh you know, Discover Country. So you um uh but this is a, a a and obviously Martok is is talking aloud because a uh a member of his crew is asking who he's talking to and he just kinda yeah. Shrugs it off and walks away. It's, it's, uh, it's maybe eight, ten pages, but, um, it, it looks amazing. Like I said, it's, it, it doesn't, it, it, it's not like you had to watch, you know, a couple episodes of a certain season to, to find out where this story takes place. It's, it, it's pretty self-explanatory. The, mm. the art is absolutely amazing. Um, that, uh, that, and, and, Based on the story Daniel told us, it was kind of, I don't want to say a dare, but yeah, he had the idea to do a Star Trek comic, to do a comic about Martok and, uh, the rest of his crew, uh, mostly the, the, the other guys repped by Felix, uh, there may have been some mocking, there may have been some chuckling, uh, as in all the things, you know, you want to make a mini comic about that, that's what you're going to do. And, um, but by the end of, of the day or the convention where this was all taking place, uh, Daniel had convinced himself that he was definitely going to do it and he was going to be successful doing it. And, and a few of the other guys were like, yeah, you got that look in your eye where you're really going to, to get away with this. And, and, um, and he did it. And, and I think he did it successfully, not, not only with the finished product, but judging by how few were on the table every time we walked by. Uh, at, at New York Comic Con, I'm, it, it went really well. Um, and it's a pay what you want type deal. Yeah. He mentions how much he pays for him to print them. Um, and, and whatever you feel is fair. And, and, and I respect that. I mean, it it is a labor of love and, and, um, I don't know if anybody just went up to Daniel just, to get this book or to get green leader. I, I'm pretty sure Daniel was always working when we walked by. He was one of the dudes Constantly, who, who yep. had his head down. I mean, he would look up, but I mean, he was always on the board. So, uh, if, if anybody 
just picked up the book, that that's great. But uh, most people were also getting work done by the man. So uh, and and he does an, an amazing little little sketch inside each book. He went to town. I you know until until the Spock he did in my jam piece, and then killing it with Argent, which I wish you got to see on Sunday. Uh, I was a little jelly over, uh, over the, in air quotes, sketch he put in your book. Oh, the, the blowed up Y wing? Yeah. yeah, it's great. And it, it didn't take him long. No. Uh, he just, <laughs> he uses the side of the brush, he twists the <laughs> handle. I can't believe he can uh, use it as a regular fine tip a, at that point. Yeah, it's a brush pen. Right. Uh, and he gets, he gets a nice little scumble and then he flicks the tip to get the, the, the spatter. It's, it's amazing. It, it's the, the best thing, that drawing, which I put on the Facebooks. That drawing is, is by far the, the best thing, aside from David's action figures, that I got this New York Comic Con weekend. It's great. And he's just handing out drawings like candy. He doesn't care. He's like, you want a drawing in this? Who's going to say no? Right, because in, in Martok, I got a Martok by him too, and it's it's um it's his gift. He just it gushes from him. He creativity. He's amazing, and he will be on again. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, we we we're setting something up. So, what else do you have? Was that Jason buzzing in on you while you were talking? No, what was that? Because he's not. Um... No, no, it was like mail and junk. It's not important. Oh, okay. um, yeah, at, uh, about an hour ago, he said they were just starting halftime. So I, I, see football ruins everything. It's like religion. Sorry. <laughs> so what, what do you have for me to listen to? Uh, let's see. What else do I have? Um, wait a second. You know what? I am. Well, we're, there's going to be a game we're going to play. Um, Not a game. No. Well, that was something else we talked about on the Slack, but um, a word association thing. But that that that's going to wait till we have more time and when Jason's here. Um, I I didn't finish it. I started Doom Patrol number two. Yeah, I didn't even start that yet. Um, but I wanted to read that. Before I fit, because I also started Deathstroke number four, but I'm like, no, 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 let me, let me, I read Doom Patrol in case anybody else reads it. But, uh, the only other, uh, Lost Boys, caught up on Batgirl. I read the, um, I read the first issue of the miniseries by, um, Jendi, uh, Tartakovsky. With uh, Stephen DeStefano and Scott oh, Wills, case Cage case. with an exclamation point! Wow, um, nice to see DeStefano on the uh, on the inks again. But this takes place in 1977. It's a, um, I believe it's a well, previously unpublished story. I don't think it's I don't think it's a new story. Something that was written to coincide with the show, since the era and look is completely different. Uh, this is a, another. This is, I'm not going to call it an inventory story. This is something that was done prior to this year that, um, that Marvel has finally decided to publish, which probably in that case to coincide with the show. 
uh, it takes place in 1977. The writing is, um, it's funny. It's witty. It's, it's, uh, there's, you know, it's the whole, can you dig a suck? The, the sound effects with the, with the punching is, you know, chapeau, grab, slam, stomp, slap. Uh, some of it reminds me, some of the drawing, I know it's the Dexter's Laboratory dude, but a lot of the, uh, a lot of the expressions reminds me of stuff from Spunko. Uh, so if anything kind of looks like Ren and Stimpy, I'm all for that. There, it looks like a takeoff on the old Spalding ad drawn by Jack Davis. Um, especially when the skinny white dude tosses, uh, cage to basketball. But I, I, I need to see the Spalding ad side by side to this because, yeah. What? I see the John K influence. Right? Yeah. I, I expected more Samurai Jack though. But I think because of the era, because yeah. it's, it's Harlem, because it's the seventies, I, I think, I think Samurai Jack would not be the right fit. Well, just the, the shape making from Samurai Jack. I mean, this is, there, I, this is a lot more illustrative than I thought it would be. Okay. I, I I thought there would be much more heavy blacks in this thing than there are. But it's a nice surprise, right? Well, I think so. Cause it's, because it's not Samurai. But the Cage has a date with Misty Knight and she kind of stands him up. So he, he goes to the, um, he goes to the Eastside police station. The busiest place this side of Union Station, but today is something completely different. His cage comes blasting in through the doors, screaming misty night, but the whole police station is empty except this one crazy looking dude in the, uh, who's, who's in the jail cell. Um, Luke gets him to talk and he goes to, um, goes to Misty's apartment and, um, it's like, how, how can all the heroes just disappear? This town's got loads of them. Web crawlers, fire dudes, crazy mutants. And what about a brother with super strength and skin of steel? Why haven't I disappeared? I'm a hero. Somebody's got some explaining to do. He notices that um, the lights are on. He goes into the, into the apartment. And <laughs> my man, oh, they just... He gets no love. He he does. He, he he turns around with 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 pecs and abs aplenty, blasting from his visor, screaming, "Where is Jean Grey?" And it's my version of Cyclops, um, firing at Luke. Luke rolls. He's like Jean Grey. She moved out months ago. And and Cyclops screams, "Liar!" Blasts him through the window, and in comes Wolverine with his long ass neck and Nightcrawler. Scott, Jean's gone. She's gone. But apparently, this um is timed along with the Dark Phoenix saga because uh, it says Jean Grey became the Dark Phoenix and was destroyed in the last exciting issue of X Men number one thirty seven. Uh, and then Cyclops is, of course, all distraught. Um, Luke Cage crashes to Earth and we get um he asks if the day can get any worse. Luke Cage is told it just did, courtesy of the ex Chemestro or Chemistro, Mace Black Mariah, who doesn't look anything like, and Mr. Fish. And uh those are some Honky looking outfits. Uh, I am, yeah. I, I'm pretty, 
Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to the next, the next issue. This was, this was, I, I didn't know what to expect art wise or story wise. Um, Luke gets knocked the F out on the last page and, uh, and the next issue is, is cages hunted. So, you know, I don't know if I didn't check out previews. I didn't know what to expect. I, I knew some people were going, were looking forward to the book based on what I've seen online, especially other creators. They, they wanted to see what he had up his sleeve, but, uh, this was, um, I, I dug this more than I thought I would. And not because I'm some Luke Cage purist or, but I just, I had no idea what I was going to get out of it. I didn't know what the setting was going to be like. Um, but I, I, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. It kind of boggles my mind, the decision to publish this thing. Because on the one hand, yeah, it makes sense what with Luke Cage being on the Netflix now and people digging it and loving it. But on the other hand, the the new folks that would be interested in Luke Cage based on the Netflix show are going to pick this up and be like, this this is not how it works. How do this work? Yeah, I, I, I don't get it. I mean, I'm sure, you know, it's probably not going to lose mine. Let's just put it that way. But it doesn't, it, it's, it's way far removed for the, from the, the status quo. Like, Daredevil is one thing where you have tons of legacy, uh, books that, you know, the interested parties can pick up. Other than the essentials, there's really nothing that screams Luke Cage other than New Avengers, and that's with a bunch of other characters they may not want to read. Do you, do you understand what I, you get what I mean? It, it's, it, I find it, it kind of nutty that they're, that they're publishing this book now. Knowing Marvel, you would think that there would have been a Luke Cage miniseries, a traditional Luke Cage miniseries in the can to coincide with the Netflix show. How many Daredevil books? did they do when the when the show was i mean there was definitely more than one right there was specials and this i don't know i just don't get this i like it i th- i like it a lot i just don't understand it <laughs> from a business sample standpoint like why I, understand. I don't get it but whatever i don't have to get it did we did, are did you are you um have your fill of cage now, do you have anything else to, to add to this or? or oh no, 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 no. We can move on. Did we talk about All Star Batman number two? Um, that's funny because I have number three right here. But I thought I had it queued up to, and I thought maybe we just touched on it real quick. I think we did because Jason didn't read it. And what did I? I think did we were we talking about something specific? Uh, we were talking about Killer Croc. Popcorn croc. And, uh, yes. we did talk about the whole, the whole, uh, train sequence. But did we go into did, the... Did we get to the reveal of the big bad at the end? I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I think we did. There was, um, uh, let's see. But the thing I wanted to talk about is this is like a mixed bag for me. And I, I can't exactly put my finger on why, because I adore the Ramita Jr. story. 
I can't say I'm feeling the Declan Shalvey story all that much. Hmm. And I, I don't know why. It has nothing to do with the art. It's just that it's, it seems to be a, a totally different book. Well, it is. The, the, the stories in tone are, are totally different. The, 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 uh, Romina Jr. is more action oriented. It's widescreen. It's, it's, you know, kaboom and it let, let's showcase Batman's gadgets. Where in the, the, the backup, it's more Duke, right? Right. And I, it just, it feels like the, the main story is Batman. The, the, the comic by which the diamond numbers are, are, are sussed out every month. But the backup story feels like Legends of the Dark Knight to me. Okay. I'm a little upset he's called the Beast and not the KG Beast. Well, that may change. Um, uh, maybe it's the, the import. Of the events, because in the, in the, in the main story, and I shouldn't, I shouldn't call it the main story, because it looks like they're, 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 it's, they're not given equal weight, but let's not sell Declan Shalvey short, because he's awesome, right? right? Um, the, the, in, the events in the, in the first story far outweigh the events in the second, like Commissioner Gordon is calling Bruce Wayne a, you know, SOB, a bastard. He's shoving Alfred aside to get, to what he dreads and you know you got villains coming out the wahoo and in the back it's just it seems like a more sedate storyline well i think now obviously with with batman trying to get two-face a few hundred miles away um that is going to be quick paced and, and you really can't catch your breath and, and things are moving along. Um, the backup story is definitely more psychological mm-hmm. and just why obviously it's going to be slower, but cause it's less pages. Right? It's also less pages, but I think you're, I'm going to give Snyder benefit of the doubt. You're supposed to slow down. You're supposed to, cause you don't, we know Duke from when he was first introduced and this issue kind of, Brings back to that because of, of what went on with his parents and he's trying to talk he, to his parents. That may be it. I think I don't have as much experience with Duke. I don't have very much experience with him at all. Right. Everything I'm learning about Duke, I'm right here. Essentially getting from this. Right. Um, so he showed up when, when Capullo was still on the Batman book and then after Batman rescued him and saved his parents, but of course by saving his parents, he had to basically keep them locked up because Joker got to them as well. Um, then you had, we are Robin and then Robin war into that. And, and now he's and Duke's in all that. Yes. Duke is one of the dudes. Um, we're in the Robin are in their gang. Oh, okay. So, so Duke was really kind of fleshed out in there. Um, because it took me a minute. Actually, I believe it was Hassan who, uh, who reminded me that we first meet Duke in the pages of Batman proper. Uh, basically just as someone who Batman rescues. And then when he is, um, when we are, we are Robin kicks off, that's, 
he's in school and, and not doing too well, but, uh, you know, just trying to make sense of, of what's going on in his life and, and, uh, ends up with the gangs of Robin, the gang of Robins. And then that series goes on and, and, mm-hmm. and then, which then let's Batman or Bruce bring him under his wing. So that's, that's pretty much, that's your whole Duke right there is that he's, he was rescued by Batman and now is basically being, it, it's Robin all over again. Um, although in this case, Duke's parents are still alive. Okay. And his mother's all effed up. Yeah. And I think that's, um, yeah, and that's dad behind her. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but that's because of the, the Joker poison. Right, right. The, but yeah, so this is, this isn't, like you said, this isn't Batman's story. This is Duke's story and he's gotta, gotta figure some things out. He's learning as he goes. Um, because it wasn't enough to just hang out with the Robins. He had to, you know, he's, he's if you're going to work with Batman, you kind of have to, step it up a bit so he's trying to play the detective game and everything then naturally now he's ending up face to face with uh with zaz and and we'll see how well that goes for him but um in between you know making time with with gotham girl right they're really um using him to uh i mean he's he's like the bat version of jonathan they're using him in a lot of books, seems to me, with all the series that you talked about. Now this, Duke isn't going to go away anytime soon. No, and I don't, I don't think we are. Robin is still. I thought. No, that's that's, that's done. done. Yeah, yeah. So basically, just in in Batman books, you'll see, you'll see Duke. Right. Whereas I guess with like Damien or anybody like that, he'll be in the other books. You're not going to see. You're not well. Although Tim was in Detective, uh, Nightwing's in his own book. Um, I guess Jason Todd is still out there somewhere, unfortunately. So you have, you know, you, there, there are the, uh, he is a dick. Um, the, uh, you hate him. Who hates? You hate Jason Todd. I didn't always. You can thank Crisis for, uh, for me not being in love with, with, with Jason Todd. Post Crisis, man. Is, who the fuck tries to steal the goddamn hubcaps off Batmobile? That, that's how you're going to introduce a character? It's ballsy. No, man. it's not ballsy. It's like retarded. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm cooler than you, man. I got, I look like a thug. I look like a street rough. But, uh, the, the, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with Duke just hanging out with, with, with Batman and getting, uh, because a little bit of track. I, because the Robins are so established and, and, you know, you know so much about, Tim Drake and, and Dick Grayson and, and everybody else, you know, we don't, we, we, we don't know everything about Duke. So we're, we're, I'm not saying he's the everyman. He's your eyes and ears in, in the corner in Batman's corner of the DC universe, but at least he's somebody you can watch mature and grow into the role. So I, I I think everybody, everybody kind of has that sidekick. You know, for, for, yeah, Dick Grace was pretty much, he was, he was still Robin when I was, when I started reading. 
and then he becomes Nightwing at the New Teen Titans. Who's this? What's up, people? Oh, look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's about damn time. Dude, the struggle you, is so real. Yeah, your check is not going to be as hefty this But listen, this though. But. Why? So you guys know I was at the, I was at my son's game, calling the game, you know, do the play-by-play. Yeah. 14 zipper winning. Oh, shit. Right? The other team scores a long touchdown, their best player, 14-7. They go to kick an onside kick, recover the ball. So they get the ball back, march down the field, score a touchdown, 14-13, 26 seconds left. Their coach decides to go for two. So he decides to either win it or lose it versus going into overtime. We stop him. Nice. nice. Woo! Mercy. But Vince, as you know, the football schedule gods are never cooperative. We were supposed to start at 8. We kicked yeah. off at 8.50. The football gods hate us. It's true. They hate us because they know. It's true. So uh what I miss? Not much. Wait, what? <laughs> Not much. Have you been we, on the air we, for two hours? Yeah. We well close. We we bitched about a lot of books. We did. Alright, well let me uh you guys talk clone conspiracy, I assume? We did. You guys had major issues add your, with it? Add your two cents. Yes, we do have major issues. Oh, first of all, I love the art. Jimmy Chung. Oh yes. Can't front on the art. Yep. Um What about Ron Friends? At the back. Oh, I skipped that completely. No. Oh my god. Oh, no. Wait. <laughs> wait, no. wait, wait. You did not read the backup. No. Why don't you do that right Dude, now? You... I assumed it was a reprint. No, 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 no. Because <laughs> it's Rod Friends. No. That was, <laughs> was old school. That was, that was the story. whole that was the whole reason why I implored you both to read it was oh, for that's the backup. The part that you, just like... you want us to just tell you so yeah, you can we save yeah, yeah, just I ran up here to Okay, remember when the goblin was confronting Peter on the bridge and Gwen was supposedly laying unconscious at his feet? She wasn't unconscious. She heard everything that he said to Peter. She she knew at the time of her death that Peter Parker was Spider-Man. She knew that he lied to her, betrayed her, and she believed him to have some kind of involvement in her father's death. Well, because it was, it was Spider-Man versus Doc Ock when it happened. And, and that's how she died. The, her last moment was 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 hating Peter for being Spider Man and for killing her father. That's not bullshit. That's a whole lot of bullshit. Uh, I guess my my question for was is it Slot writing it? Yes. Yeah. My question for Slot is why. That's what I said. Uh, what what's to be gained from that? Like what? Is the, right. He must he must have a use for this leaner meaner gwen so does the clone gwen that we're introduced to is she have all these memories yes yes okay that's why that's so why she's the Jack- be a villain then that's what's coming down to it's, it, it, so it's when and this is the, the point that jack was trying to make when when gwen shows up she's like so i'm a clone and he says no 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 you're you're a reanimation you're not a clone because you're not you're not made from some old blood sample you you're you're you were reanimated from your remains, which is why you have the memories, including up to the moment of your death. Makes no damn sense. Oh! Exactly. It's my puppet. It's like I put the words in his mouth. <laughs> um, I thought, look, and I know, you know, David couched this today by saying, please read it if you have time. I suspect you may have a different or a, a lessened reaction to it than, than you guys. And I can see that because, while I've read hundreds of Spider-Man stories, it, you know I don't have the, the the visceral love for the character that y'all do. Um, 
sense would be the word. I no, use. listen, but but again, let's be fair. I mean, I don't dislike the character. I mean, again, I've read hundreds of issues right. of him, I, but I'm just saying he's not like, you know, he's not one of my main guys. But um, so, yeah, I get it. You know, I have to say, I thought it was really clunky to have the Gwen and the Doc Ock reveals in back, back-to-back pages. Mm-hmm. It's like, and who's behind door number three? It's like, um, yeah, it's only the first issue, so uh, I'll stick around for the Jimmy Chung art by itself. But, yeah, it didn't do much for me. But, I'm, you know, I'm... It's hard for me to get super stoked for Spidey. So okay, uh, and then we moved on to Reborn. Oh, okay, oh. now I like that quite a bit. Huh? Yeah, I like hmm. it a lot actually. Well, we're not on the same page with okay. that on that. Um, well, uh, okay. Well, I mean, my quick thoughts there were that um, uh, it, you know, the, what what happens when you die? I'm 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 intrigued by the idea of when you die, your consciousness goes into some fantasy land. I'm intrigued by that. Right. Why didn't you all like it? Well, we kind of thought that it was lukewarm. Okay. Well, so you guys are part sane, part insane tonight. That's fine. And then, the, the, uh, we we thought the 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 art was for Capullo. The art was mediocre. That I'll give you. It didn't have the distinctiveness that made no. Capullo the star that he was before he did Batman, and then obviously that the world came to understand from Batman. I'm with you there. It was it was relatively benign art. Right. Um, in okay. fact, I, yeah, I would say I like the story more than the art. Cool. That's it. Two hours. That's all we. Uh, no, we 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 talked up our buddy Daniel Warren Johnson. Oh, beast. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, uh, the Lost Boys. <laughs> You're right, <there>. Jason. <laughs> I. David. The only reason why. <laughs> I, yeah, I, th- I think it's safe to say the only reason. I decided to read the first issue. Of Vertigo's new six issue miniseries on an old movie because of the Scott Godlewski art. Okay. Love, love my boy on Copperhead, so I gotta give this a shot. And, and I, and based on the art, I dug the story. Um, but I was kind of just riffing on the fact that, that they're making a comic book about a 1987 movie that <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's the cult favorite that like, you know, Big Trouble in Little China or Escape it from does, New it York. Does, it does say, have a cult I mean, they, It does have a cult they, uh, yeah. Don't, didn't they just, didn't uh, last week, uh, Big Trouble in Little China and Escape from New York mash up just? They have, but yeah, there's a, there's yeah, a no, that's the, there's a trend now. I mean, with, with these, uh, movie properties that segue into, into comics that uh, a lot of publishers are doing it. Mm-hmm. You you have a built-in audience from the get-go. You don't have to convince right. anyone. Uh, and so you you're going to stick around or not? Um, I might check out the next issue. Okay, I pre-ordered it, but it's in my regime. So, um, and you know, I mean, Tim Seeley, he definitely has a, the the characters down as far as their voices go. It, it I don't know if it negates the uh, the 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 sequels that came out, but um, it, it takes place after the movie. The Frog Brothers are in it. The um, the 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 my girl. The, it's it's a uh, I, I I dig the story um, uh, to a degree, but it's. Um, I think I'd enjoy it a lot more if I loved the movie and, and I, I enjoyed the movie plenty of times back in the late eighties, but it, it has, it's not something I revisited in, in the past decade or so. So, uh, right. 
Yeah. And yeah. It, I mean, I'm, I, I dug the movie, um, but like you said, it's been a long time since I've seen it, so I don't know. Yeah. I talked about the double take. You did. Yes. Oh, that, that's thank you. See, that's, free trade you got. That's, that's <laughs> why you're like, oh, two hours. That's all you talked about. No, because I blanked out. No, we, we're, that, I mean, we're moving folks, around. Folks, just so you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, there's, 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 there's an important need to not clutter oneself, especially when you're a collector like we are. It's easy to amass lots of stuff. And Vince broke that rule as the David, uh, because they can't pass up free shit. Now, see, I don't subscribe to that rule. I think it's more important to ex- uh, experience everything that's out there. You, you need Sometimes to you gotta well- make a read, dude. We, we each have probably a decade or more of unread material in our homes right now. That's true. That's true. That's so true. when a, when a homeboys or homegirl, I forget if it was a boy, guy or girl, tracks us down and says, I got free books for you and you get all 10 of their trades because you're a member of the press, you can pretty much handicap that it's going to be an absolute shit show. But it's, I see, and that's the thing. I, I, I can't say that it's an absolute wash. There are elements in these books that I found appealing. But they're, the majority of them are not up to snuff. Right. Uh, but I, I will continue. I only read one trade. I will continue to read more to see because they, they, they have enticed me with this story. If, if, if you're, um, universe that you're building here is um a springboard from night of the living dead you got my attention Mm -hmm. that was the hook that reeled me in right so so what did you read i'm i'm i've been tired since seven o'clock we're not recapping no oh my (laughs) what then it's going to be like a three-hour episode that's fine i I didn't no judgment no I, i i want to but but I think we'd no. rather yeah no we we we, we should give it its its due because it's not I mean we can we, right. we can rush through it and so I had everybody do talk about the weekend but if uh, yeah why don't you lead us out by telling us something you really you read that you really enjoyed right before right before you got here Jason we were um touching on uh, All Star Batman number two oh okay I didn't read that okay so yeah <laughs> and then but it was um. I was talking about the Vince has really no familiarity with with Duke, and and so I gave him a quick rundown on his uh, of the character's resume. But the point I was basically trying to make was that I think as as everybody kind of has a Robin or a sidekick that they were. Either was a sidekick when they started reading comics or getting into a character. Um, basically, Duke is just the current one that you can kind of grow with if you're um, a new reader or just have outgrown uh, the Robins or at least the ones that are still alive. So yeah, so it's it's all right. Question, yeah. pop up question, favorite sidekick of all of time? All time? Of all time? Wow, yes. that's a good question. Oh, weren't we going to do that question game too, Dap? The other one? The word association we're going to do when we do the con, re- oh, okay. con recap because of all the artists. Got it. Okay, so favorite sidekick. Um, hmm, good question. Uh, let me think here. Whew, um, I bet you he's going to say Jubilee. No, oh, no, 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 no. LCD. 
<laughs> oh, that would be better than Jubilee. That would definitely be better. Than <laughs> yeah. Um, man, I don't know. He's gonna say Beast of Wonder Man. Uh, am I? <laughs> oh man, mine is excruciatingly easy because this is the. It, no, well, no. In the capacity of sidekick is where I first encountered this character. Okay. Howard the Duck. Oh wow! Okay, I would not have guessed. I would not have guessed. Tromping around with the man thing. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. Oh. Uh, um, hmm. I might. I I'm might say he cried, cried, dude. Ooh. Wow. I can respect that. But I don't know if that counts. I mean, I'm just thinking of it from that Wolverine miniseries. But that's yeah. It. How about Widget? <laughs> I think there's room for Widget. I, I, I love son. There it is. I would I would add Skeets. Is kind of oh a, a yeah, fun, fun yeah, one. yeah. That is a good one. Hmm. Nobody's gonna say Dick Grayson. I am. Uh, I'm not a DC guy. I mean, enough to. No, it is. It, it is Robin for me, and it is. And and if I'm thinking, uh, yeah, I think it would have to be the original Robin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now at Marvel, if you had to pin me down and say an official sidekick, like Howard the Duck, really wasn't. Right. You know, um, I really love Black Cat and 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 Peter Parker. Together. You really call her a sidekick, though. That well, yeah, she yeah. hung around him for and, a long and, time. And the Peter okay. Parker's protective Spider-Man comic, yeah. There. But then, like, could you call Black Widow Daredevil sidekick? I mean, they were, yes. yeah. Oh, then I should call Black Widow then. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I, I, you know, I should have assumed that's where you would go okay. with that. Yeah. And no, no one said poor Bucky. Well, no, only because like I do like that character a lot, but I mean, I like the modern incarnation of him, which is yeah. not his being the sidekick, right? And we have it. Yeah, I, I don't. There are plenty of Invaders comics, and and we can read flashbacks for days, but it's not like we were reading Bucky and Captain America when they were coming out. Um, yeah, I, part of me still wants to say Tim Drake, but no, no, I'm, I'm still thinking no. It's it's if it's Robin, it's it's Dick Grayson for me as a sidekick. How about Judah Hammer? That is a good one. Yeah, that is a good one. Um, hmm. Uh, yeah. There's, Ever K. Ross. So I think there, there's been more bad to mediocre sidekicks than there have been really great ones. Well, I'm sure, like, I mean, if you're a hardcore DC guy, you got, you got all the, I mean, they all had sidekicks, right? You got the Robins, you got the Flashes, you got, right? I mean, yeah. You got Aqualad, right? You got, yeah. <laughs> like, but no real, Legend, like Oberon could be a, a great sidekick candidate, right? Mm-hmm. Surprising to say, Maria. Excuse me. Excuse Jesus. Uh, All right. Why don't we just bring this no, well, baby home? You asked me what I read. You did. Oh, you're you going to tell you us? Yeah, I mean, Jesus. All right. What do you got? Um. All right. So what's clear is that uh, when Mark Wade and uh, our boy Mahmoud started the all-new, all-different Avengers. Uh, it has not been well-received. 
by a lot of people. It's fair to say, right? Yes. Uh, I mean, I've enjoyed it well enough, but I think the criticism, uh, which has nothing to do with the art, the art's been impeccable, uh, has really, I, you know, Mark Wade is a an OG, a legend, right? I mean, he's legend status. Would you agree? I mean, I think yeah. so. So I've been surprised. I mean, I feel like there's been a lot of visceral disdain for Wade's uh, approach here, and it generally comes down to the fact that people aren't vibing on the decision to mesh adult Avengers with the young kids. And those young kids are Kamala Khan, the new Miss Marvel. I guess, can we even, is she even the new Miss Marvel anymore? It's been years. No, they're just Miss Marvel. Yeah, Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel. Um, Nova, uh, and, uh, and Miles Morales, uh, Spider-Man. So, uh, and I get that in the sense that it did, from a plot perspective, feel a little, a little quirky because it, it just, I thought he had a hard time striking the balance between the innocence and newishness of these kids versus these other veteran heroes. Uh, and he took a lot of flack for it. So I'm not sure if, you know, how, how this came to be, but as a result, Marvel has changed directions and they also got the rights back to a, another team that they had heretofore not been able to mention for decades because of a rights issue. And that is the champions. We all remember the champions from the Bronze Age, mm-hmm. um, but uh, Marvel has not been able to use the name uh, because it was owned by a gaming company. Yep. What was it, Mayfair Games? So, yeah. So yeah. somehow or another, I don't know if Mayfair went bankrupt or Marvel, I don't know how it happened, but Marvel got the rights back to the name. So we were treated to the launch of a new team series called The Champions, and it is uh, written by Mark and penciled by Mr. Umberto Ramos. Now, I love kids' team books. Um, just like we raved about the New Mutants with Sienkiewicz a few weeks ago. I'm a big fan, if if it's well done, of a, of a team-up book, a kid's team-up book. Um, so I was predisposed to like this. But I think Wade does a nice job because he's very self-aware. Um, in the first issue, Nova, Kamala, and Miles are having issues with their adult Avengers counterparts. They're tired of getting yelled at and bossed around and asked to do things they're uncomfortable with. And so... Uh, they quit the team, quit the Avengers. And, um, then through the course of the, of the issue, they, um, they come across, uh, Amadeus Cho, who is the, the totally, uh, awesome Hulk, Hulk now. And they, uh, and they come across, uh, Viv, Vision, who's, uh, the, the daughter of Vision created by, uh, our buddy Tom King. And, uh, they start forming a unit. Now we know from the, cover and the preview images that the champions will also include um, uh, Cyclops, the, uh, the the sort of back-in-time Bendis uh, brought forward, the young Cyclops as well, although he's not in this issue. Uh, but I loved it, man, and I think this is going to play well because Wade, I think, has a good handle on these characters. I think it just didn't work within the context of a Avengers quote-unquote team book. So to bring them to their own book, I think it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, anyone that's been reading Miss Marvel or Nova uh, or or Spider-Man, um, that trio has become quite the thing. Uh, they they have paired up as, as a trio in all their books in some capacity for the last year or so. So they're really good friends and, are, and definitely a unit, a crew. Um, I think Amajet Deus Cho as a character is awesome. Uh, and having him be the Hulk is, is a great conceit. I don't have much of a feel for Viv Vision. Um, you know, I mean, again, she's only, what, 10, 12 issues in existence, and 
Um, I'm not quite sure how I feel about her yet, but I'm down to figure it out. And uh, I think this is going to be terrific. I really do. Uh, first issue is a setup issue. Um, it shows you wh- how they left the Avengers and how they came across teaming up with with, with Cho and Viv. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, I, I think this is going to be dope. I think this is right up Mark Wade's alley, and Umberto Ramos is a is a beast visually, of course. So, um, so two huge thumbs up for the champions, and I hope that people's disdain for the way Wade told the the story of these characters in Avengers doesn't dissuade people from trying this book because it's a totally different thing, and I think it's off to a much more auspicious start than that Avengers book was. Flipping through the first issue, I really, really like it. It's uh, it's really good, man. I, and I like I really I love those three. I I think those three characters. I I like them all. I, I enjoy other books. Uh, very much like uh, Miss Marvel, Nova, and uh, and Miles. You know, in their own books. So it, I know y'all got a beef with Miles, but yeah, yeah, okay. The uh, don't you? Not, kind of. No, I don't. I thought y'all weren't vibing on the fact that he was in our R six one six now. No, I don't think I ever said that. No. Oh, okay, my bad. I retract that. I retract that statement. Just like uh, I'm not the New York Times. I guess I will retract the statement. There you go. Um, What I like about the relationship in the comics is since Miles is or was the ultimate Spider-Man, the first time we, well, the on on. Disney, the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon, is of course the Peter Parker Spider-Man, but he is a high school student, and on his team, Shield has him with um, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and Nova, who Sam Alexander, um, and I kind of get that same the, the the vibe from the cartoon when I was watching it is very similar to the relationship between Sam and Miles that that Wade is writing. So it 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 definitely the, the two of them and and with Kamala they it it's it it rings as as a as a true friendship. I I I, mm-hmm. I get that that these kids would act this way and around each other powers right. or know that that this is this this is how they would be around each other even if they were just, you know, three kids normal kids in, in school and, and having to deal with that. But, um, yeah, I don't, I, I didn't know Amadeus Cho had a sister. Um, but you are absolutely She's right. She's like his handler. Yeah. That's now, what, yeah. that's, that's what the impression I'm getting. Mm-hmm. But the, uh, the art is absolutely gorgeous. I, I, well, I was um, a beast. And yeah. they allude, I should say, cause I say Cyclops isn't, they do allude in the second to last page as they're trying to recruit more teams, they they give you interstitials of uh, the new Falcon. I'm not, I forget his name. Um, oh, in, yeah. In, uh, in Falcon Cat book. Uh, the new Falcon, um, the new Iron Man, Iron, well, I guess Iron Woman. Um, oh, Riri? Yeah. Uh, the new Wasp. Okay. And Luella, Vince's favorite. <laughs> as well as Cyclops. Now, I don't know if those other four are going to be in it, or if it's just one of those, like, I would actually prefer if they weren't because I used to love in the Avengers when you'd have the roll call issues and they'd be like, oh, is someone still going to join the team? And yeah. they'd be like, no, I'm too busy or no, I'm not one to. And so that I'm hoping it's what that is where they reach out to these characters because they're young, new characters in Marvel U, but they're just too busy doing their own thing. But Cyclops decides to heal, heal, uh, heed the call and join them. 
kind of prescient with the uh, choice for villain, right? With the damn clowns. That's kind of cool. Yeah, you wonder, do you, I guess it was made to, yeah, I guess that you're right. It was probably preemptive, right? It had to be. Yeah. They probably did do this a couple months ago. It's a good idea. It is, man. Clowns are scary AF. They are. No, it certainly looks great. Yeah. It does. And, and it, you know, because Mahmoud and Corey Smith have drawn this trio a lot, I have like six or seven published pages of those three. Cause I just, I love both of their art so much. So, uh, yeah, I got, I got some love for these guys. Yeah, with, uh, Victor on ink, this is a grittier Ramos. It is. It is. It's a, it's more textured. I like it a lot. Yeah, especially mm-hmm. in the Hulk's face and yeah, no, it's. Yeah, you're right. It's, you're actually right. Yeah, the close-ups to the Hulk, you're right, are, are a little different for, for Ramos. I, I do, I don't know, well, it, it was because of the cover. For some reason, and because of where the champions were located back in the 70s, I thought the group was walking through an airport on this cover, but it's, it's, it's the subway station, but it just, I mean, just looking back, obviously now seeing the cover in person, it's a subway station, but the preview from the Marvel previews, when they first announced the book, I don't know why I just saw these characters coming out and, and obviously they don't have any luggage in their hand, but I just, for the life of me, I thought they were walking through an airport because it was a series based out West where the old champions were. Mm. It's an exercise issue, isn't it? It is. Yes, it's like sir. 30, 30 some pages. That's cool. Yeah, four to seven pages. <laughs> yep. No, it's looking good. Mm-hmm. Even though it's got a repeat panel on the second page from Vince. Yeah. Oh, that's even, even even the best guys do <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, and I like the um, I do like the flashbacks, the, the the effect on that with the panels and the and the washed out uh, colors and and word balloons. That- those could be shot right from, uh, shot, listen to me. Those could be scanned right from, uh, Ramos's pencils. You're right. Mm-hmm. Just like Eddie Barrow's yeah. copics. Neat. Eddie Barrow's nice. <laughs> <laughs> so what else? Do you have anything else to tell us? Uh, no, we'll tighten it up. I, I do, I read the Shiga book, but I want to give that its due. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to just. It's, it's good book. looking. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you for being here with. Duke? I've been up since four o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah. Right, Apparently, I'm not snippy. I'm not snippy. bitch. Oh my god. You're so pretty. Hard out here. Uh, thank you for being here with us once again. Please, if you want to save money on comics, and really, who doesn't want to? There's only one place to go: Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. Remember this. From Fanagraphic, it's the life and legend of Wallace Wood, 1999, for an awesome hardcover. Another hardcover coming down the pipe uh, from PS Art Books. It's pre-code classic Space Busters slash Space Patrol. You will be able to home for $35.99. And from our buddies at Dark Horse, one of the greatest comic book illustrators of all time, Richard Corbin, writing and drawing Shadows on the Grave. $1.99. I don't really have it in your travels. In your travels. What what has come of this show? (laughs) In your travels. More often than not, I prefer to buy old comics instead of new comics. As was um, shown today, I got a copy of David. Are you with me now? 
Justice League 200. <gasps> I love that issue, dude. Yeah. I buy yes. that issue every time I see it. I, I even have it digitally, but I need, I love the glue binding and every character. It's retelling of, not a retelling, but it's, it's recreating the origin story with the aliens and, and hero yeah. versus hero and every chapter by a different artist. And I absolutely love the Green Lantern and Adam. Well, you know Story. what? You sound way too enthusiastic for oh, me to go in. God, no, I, do it, do it. Talk about it. Talk about it. I want to talk with you about that. Okay. And if we go into it now, we're just going to add another forty-five minutes on this. Campaign. I love that fucking issue. Let's talk about that later. Okay. Speak on like hundred. Oh man. Now take it away. Oh. In your travels, uh, real. Quick, um, because I know, I know we did not talk about the first issue. I read the first issue. I wasn't really feeling it. And, and, and that's probably why we never discussed it on the show. But I did read the second and I feel a little different about the series Jeff Steinberg, Champion of Earth by Joshua Hilfiakov and our boy, Mr. Tony Fleece. He is our boy. Um, the, the second issue, it, it, uh, it, it didn't completely turn me around, but it did not, um, no, I know, it's, I enjoyed it more than the first issue is what I'm gonna say. Alright. And, and, and Tony's art is, is on point. It's, it's a funky looking book. I love Tony's art, period. Um, but the, uh, the, the, I like, like I said, the second issue. Um, so if, if, if it's more like that as it continues, I'll, I'll keep on it. But, um, in your travels, I am, oh shoot. There was a, there was one book I wanted to, Check, uh, oh! Well, there was, yeah, no, I didn't finish Doom Patrol number two yet. I am going to say, since Vince brought up an old book, this isn't as old, but I started rereading some old Dark Horse books, um, specifically The Mask by John Arcudi and, and Doug Monkey. And that is, I, I, I just love the insane nonsense from, from that it's, series. That's your, it's your comfort food. It's, yeah, I know you, you dislike the, the manipulation of the phrase guilty pleasure like that, but it, it's, it's kind of like the Punisher where it's one of those things where I'll, and it's, I was, it's um, it's also like Mage and like Justice League of America 200, where if I see an issue with the mass character, I I will buy it. I, I don't care how many I already have, and it's um. Don't you have the omnibus? I do. I have the two volume omnibus. I I don't have the mask adventures based on the the cartoon. That was you 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 turn a very dark comic book into a 
movie into a vehicle for Jim Carrey. So now it's, it's not going to be as dark. And then you have a, a, a cartoon about somebody who can be, have a cannibal. Basically, yes, a, a cartoon character come to life. But no, the, the mask is just a, um, it's, it's gorgeous. First of all, it's, it's, it is absolutely, um, one of my favorite series, but it, it's, I'm, I'm, it's always visually appealing to me. And it is, I, I don't, I've read it so many times, but it is still just nuts. And, and if, uh, if you get the, if you, Grab the omnibus from either digitally or, 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 uh, or from your comic shop, your bookstore, whatever. If you've never read it, go ahead and read it. It's, it's, it's just, um, I'm not going to say it's unlike anything you've ever read, but it is just, it, it is crazy. And I, I think, I think you will have a good time reading it. And, and, uh, there've been a couple of spinoffs because they're all mini series, but it's, it's still, it's nuts, and and I think you'll get a kick out of it. The one I've never read that I should be ashamed for never having read is the Lobo, the Mask. Oh, yeah. Because I don't think that one's included in the Omnibu, is it? No. If it is, I don't. Because it's yeah. also um. There's a Joker. There's a Joker mask, mask, mask. Yes. Maybe they're going to put out a like they have been doing with oh. the Dark Horse. Yeah. I like the way you think. Yeah. I feel like when Tales of Wonder was uh, always doing those big sales every year, the mask omnibus were always available, like in the Nick and Dent for like a buck. They were always available. Yeah, that's where I got mine. There you nice. Go. Yep. All right, in your travels, I'm gonna I'm gonna take us back to New York Comic Con for a little bit, just for a minute, because my in your travels is a book that we were introduced to at New York Comic Con, thanks to our board, our buddy Monsta. Oh yeah. I think it was uh, Thursday of the show. Monster came up. We were catching up with him. He, he was uh, excitedly pulled a book out of his bag to show us and uh, said that uh, these two gentlemen were uh, independent creators who had put together a book that uh, he thought we would enjoy. And they were stationed right next to our buddy Jason Gonzo. And uh, so we went over and uh, peeped what was going and damned if he wasn't right. It, it was, was spot right. on. Um, the book is called The Spider King. Uh, it is written by Josh Van, a uh, fellow Aussie. He and uh, Roland were uh, broing out. Uh, and then uh, art by Mr. Simone Darmini, uh, who is uh, Italian. He lives in Rome. And uh, it's the wonders of the Internet. Uh, Josh found uh, Simone on an um, online community for artists. And uh, they had never met, I think, until this past week. Yes. Yet uh, created this amazing original graphic novel, which they had back through Kickstarter. And I admit I, I missed it on Kickstarter. I didn't know about it. <clears throat> but they were successfully funded and created this uh, full-sized uh, colored graphic novel. Um, and it's a, it's it's we're going to tell you what the premise is, but the premise it's it's one of those things where it's so simple it's brilliant because. There aren't a lot of original ideas anymore. <laughs> and you hear this premise and it's like mashup of two very classic genre things, but not in a way that I don't recall seeing or reading before. It's what if aliens invaded Earth in, nine, in, in the year 956? 
It's aliens versus Vikings. Yes. Boom. Drop the mic. Aliens versus Vikings. <laughs> um, it's a story of Hrolf Halvardsson, who's the king of the Laxdale clan, and Sigrid, who is the queen of the Lombard clan, and they are forced with fighting an alien horde who come to Earth to invade Earth and take it over. And uh, it's terrific, man. It's it, like this, you know, it's... <laughs> Occupational hazard for us is, uh, it's hard for something to sneak up on us, right? I mean, we're pretty much, you know, between previews and the internets and our forums and Facebook groups, I mean, it's hard for us not to be at least aware that something's happening. And this completely caught me unaware. Um, so bought the, bought the issue, actually ended up buying a page of the art from Simone because it was so struck by the art. And that's really the thing that I want to leave listeners with. Um, this art is, uh, it's a sight to behold, especially for a first time creator. Um, the most direct comp would be uh, Andrew McLean, I think. Yeah. But a little thicker line, a little more like, like graphical, if you will. Not as geometric. As yeah, Andrew that's McLean. right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would say he's also of the, um, and this is you know this is big this is big words the, the Paul Pope David Rubin camp, but not like it's 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 more cartoony. Yeah, yeah. there you go. It's, it's it's like if you took like Ralph Bakshi. Andrew McLean and Paul Scott Morse. Scott Morse. Oh, and you Scott threw Morse, them all yeah. in a room, gave them a bunch of ecstasy, and asked them to procreate. <laughs> they would spit out some of I don't think one of them would need the ecstasy. <laughs> <laughs> they would spit out some of um, But it's awesome stuff. I mean, it's great. It, it's it, he would fit right in in the Mignola verse, you know, doing BPRD. I mean, oh yeah, right? definitely, yeah, one hundred percent. It's great. Yeah. I mean, it's cartoony and action packed and fun, and the colors. Um, I think the colors are by N- N- Nick Shaw, I believe. If that's not who does the color, uh, no, Adrian Block. I'm sorry, Adrian Block. Uh, Nick Shaw was the letter. Uh, the colors are awesome. It's just an awesome book. It's like, and again, it just came out of nowhere. Um, if just as we're fans of Headlopper from Andrew, who's who's now getting it done at Image, I mean, this book could be put out through Image or Dark Horse, and you wouldn't miss a beat. Uh, it's that good. Um, I I read it in one sitting. I thought it was delightful. Uh, story and art. I mean, the art's great, but the story's great too. I think Josh, it's well paced. You care about the characters. Uh, the character designs are great. So just huge thumbs up to these guys. Um, and, uh, it's a cheap book too. It's $14.95. And the other thing is it's really well put together because not only do you get the, the, the book itself, but you get, um, you get, uh, notes from both of them about character creation. Then you get a huge, well, you get a prequel story actually. And then you get a huge pinup and tribute book. And I gotta say, as an OA art hack, you guys know one of my favorite things is discovering new artists. And this pinup section was like new artist extravaganza. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many awesome pinups of artists I just don't know, many of which are Italian. But they, they put the links too. They put the links of, uh, there's a Jake Wyatt, which I know Jake. Um, there's a guy named Marcelo Costa who looks sick. Um, there's a uh, Afu Chan whose art is ridiculous. It's the um, Sally does a nice one. Yep, yep. Um, there's a uh, McLean does one himself. Um, but there's just a bunch, and and so many of the artists are just breathtaking in their own right. So I really want to check out their stuff. Um, so this book hits in a lot of ways. It's well written. It looks great. It's a good story. It's it's uh it's an interesting mashup of two genres we don't normally see together. And uh, on on top of it, the cherry on top of it all is they're introducing me to two dozen new artists that all look badass. So huge, huge thumbs up. And uh, you can go to uh, their website, 
which is the Spider King. Um, you can just Google the Spider King comic, and you'll there's a couple different links to ways you can procure the book. Uh, and they're going to be doing the con circuit pretty hard, and I think depending on how the con circuit goes in the next few months, will determine their next path, whether they go to a publisher or do another Kickstarter, that sort of thing. But but let me tell you something. These guys are way, way too talented, especially for their first foray, to not be names that we're talking about a lot. Like, this reminds me of when we came across the Sabretooth Swordsman guys, you know, and you fast forward yeah. to a couple of years, or, or when we came across Andrew with his first Headlopper Kickstarter. I mean, you're going to know... Darmenian band, you're going to know their names. They will, they will be doing other comics of, of higher profile for sure. And it's going to trace back to this. So my hat tip to those guys. And, uh, if you don't know, now, you know, you got to, you got to find this book and pick it up, especially if you're at a con and you come across it. Well said. Respect. You the best. Oh, you the best. Sorry. I was late, man. It's hurting my heart. Yeah. That's okay, but you you made good at the end, right? I I had to I had to stick the landing. Oh, like, uh, hey, right. yeah. If if you enjoyed any of this, please leave us an iTunes review or a similar uh, place you get podcasts. And uh, as always, you've been waiting for this. Say good night, David. Good night. David, you are so I don't know, man. funny. I don't know. That was close. No. That was a little <laughs> long, I think. That's what I'm saying, right? You guys are cute. He's going to get all weepy. You guys are <laughs> cute. So stay tuned for our week and a half later post-con wrap-up. Yeah, but isn't that typical of 11 o'clock comics? It's how we do. Well, it's actually not. We've never done it this way. but No, but I mean in terms of being on the mark, we're always – you know, either late or early. We're never timely, timely. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, whatever. We love you so much. Thank you for being here with us. Say bye-bye. Toodle roll. Deuces.